0: Well, welcome to our podcast, everybody. Yes. This is uh, Why Did You Read That? And I am Megan. I'm Peter. And we're here to talk about some books.
1: And why we read them.
0: That's correct. It's (laughs) all in the title, folks.
1: That sounded so practiced.
0: I know. We're getting better. I liked it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) We get better until then I jump in and say, like, wasn't that awesome? (laughs) And then ruin it. It's
0: part of our charm.
1: Yeah. Our rough (laughs) around the edges charm. That's right.
0: (laughs) we're just like everyone else. It's terrible true. At things. Yeah. Yeah. So what we usually do when we do these podcasts is I bring four titles, uh four books that I've read recently and I tell Peter about them and he picks a couple that he wants to hear more about and then we switch it up and he tells me about four books that he read.
1: That's right. And I pick two. Yep. So we get we talk in depth about four,
0: mm-hmm.
1: mention four others. Yep. That leaves you all with eight things.
0: Eight possibilities. Yeah. An embarrassment of riches, you might say.
1: I've brought in a pretty exciting set today. Yeah? Yeah. One of them is very unusual.
0: All right. Well, (laughs) I feel like mine are going to be boring by comparison, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes.
1: Well, I would say unusual, but that doesn't mean not boring. (laughs) Yeah. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. So you usually have a joke for me.
0: Oh, that's right. How how could I have forgotten the joke?
1: My partner slash uh, one of the listeners of this show last night. We were like getting ready for bed, and she was like, "Ooh, Megan's gonna tell you a joke tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to tell me what it was." And I was like, "You're excited like the day before that I'm gonna hear this joke."
0: Yep. Well, so you... you know, it's a it's a it's a thing to to put on your calendars.
1: I'm starting to wonder if you should deliver the first part of the joke. Then we do the entire show. Then the punchline comes at the end to force people, <laughs> people who are just here forward. for the joke.
0: <laughs> it's called technology. We're not We're not stopping anything. We
1: splice it in somewhere. That's just right. in the middle of me talking, it's like, by the way, here's the punchline. <laughs> so that you'll miss it if you don't listen. Okay, I'm ready.
0: All right. Uh, I'm trying to find one in particular... And I'm not seeing it, so give me a second.
1: Okay. I just heard a child in the lobby that sounded like a cat. Wah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it too, then.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, oh, there, there it is. There's a third page. There's a third page, everyone.
1: There's three and pages of jokes.
0: Okay. So this is, um, this is not so much of a call and response joke. It's just me telling you like a little bit of a story. All right? All right. Let me tell you, Peter, if I ever find the doctor who screwed up my limb replacement surgery, I'll kill him with my bare hands.
1: <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, like I like that, that one. one. <laughs> I was just thinking the other day about uh, how I'd like if every sports league had like a, a secondary league. That was basically just, like, whatever bizarre body modifications you want to do, you're in. So, like, if you have bionic legs, like, robot—if you have a Terminator that you can make that can play baseball, it's in. Yeah. You know, if you want to—yeah, if you want to remove your arms and replace them with a bear's arms, and that works for you somehow and somehow enhances your ability to play football, I'm in, you know? (laughs) Because I'm just like, that would be pretty fascinating to watch. If you can invent a jetpack
0: that works. If you had bear hands, you'd have to play for the bears, right?
1: Oh, yeah. That would be hilarious. Yeah. If the the Chicago Bears... I don't know what you call this league. Enhanced league? But that's boring. Super league? It just has to be called, (laughs) you know, something. It came about because I was thinking about comic books, as I'm known to do. Mm -hmm. And I was like... If superheroes were real and they wanted to play sports, you can't just let Captain America like play football. He would kill everybody. Like yeah. It would be pointless. And so then I was like, you just have to have a superhero league. Yeah. And then I was like, ah, here we go.
0: You know, I would argue that that's kind of like pro sports versus the rest of us. Yeah. I have um, a couple of cousins who played um, pro, like one played pro basketball in Europe and one played college baseball he was a pitcher and uh when it would snow he would want to have snowball fights no no nope (laughs) (laughs) not happening you could take your head off
1: yeah no thanks yeah trying to think of like what baseball players are bad at that you could (laughs) you could do with a baseball player not chewing tobacco (laughs) contest well
0: as far as i know he never chewed tobacco so that wouldn't work
1: Ah, uh, well, there you go. I
0: know. I think I just have to accept that they could beat me at most things.
1: You know, when I was a kid, I didn't know that the gum Big League Chew was like meant to be basically like tobacco. Yeah. Because I didn't know enough about tobacco. It was like tobacco was out enough at the time that the fact that it was in a pouch and was in long string form. Yeah. I was like, mean it's just the you. shape of gum. You know, yeah. I had no idea.
0: Meanwhile, I grew up with someone who had that stuff around. So, yeah, I knew.
1: So, you knew. <laughs> yeah, they had like, I just, it was so funny because I know back then they were really worried about like these products are encouraging kids to use tobacco. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, you're clueless. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like, well, I guess. I'm the weird market that is clueless enough to not know this is tobacco. So yeah. there, I was too clueless to be tricked by it. Yeah. <laughs> or and to be influenced. I was <laughs>
0: clued in enough that I was like, that stuff is gross, but I like bubble gum. So I'll chew this because I like bubble gum.
1: Yeah. It's candy. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I would never have actually used tobacco because that stuff's
1: Tobacco unpleasant. is wacko if you're a teen. That's
0: correct. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's our PSA for, right. for this episode.
0: Before we go too far, much further off the rails, yeah. you want to hear some about some books? Yeah, I do. All right. So my first book is called Faithful by Alice Hoffman. Okay. And this is a book about a teenage girl who gets into a car accident on an icy road and her best friend ends up in a coma and is brain dead. And it's kind of about her coming to terms with that and depression and figuring out kind of the meaning of her life after that moment.
1: Is this a true story or fiction? Fiction. Alice Hoffman. What's she famous for?
0: Practical Magic. Okay. Yeah. Is her probably most famous book. She also wrote Here on Earth, which was, if not the first, one of the first Oprah picks.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So for a bunch of things.
0: Yeah. Okay. She's pretty famous.
1: All right. Then is, this I a, have... is this a new book, or is this a...
0: Hang on, I think I have... It was out in 2016.
1: Okay. I'm counting that as new.
0: No, yeah, no, no not old.
1: Yeah. <laughs> can't drive yet.
0: <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> then I have a novella called The Ghosts of Sherwood by Carrie Vaughn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie Vaughn is a Colorado author, northern Colorado. I can't remember if she's in Fort Collins or Boulder, but she's in, a, in this vicinity. And uh, it's a story about uh, Robin Hood and Maid Marian after, um, so King Richard has died, and King John is now, you know, or Prince John is now King John, and they have three kids and are living like their normal life, but the king is still someone who they had a lot of conflict with in their past, Mm. and... Uh, I'm trying to figure out how much to give away. It's very short. It's like a hundred pages. So oh, I don't okay. want to give too much away. It's hard but... to
1: talk about too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I have the life of guy by Alan Metcalf. And this is where I show my own personal weirdness. All right. <laughs> this is a story about, it's like a history, both of Guy Fawkes, who was part of the gunpowder treason plot in London. And, uh, also about how one of the world, one of the country's most hated terrorists, his name became a second person plural pronoun that we use all the time now, and how that happened. Like you guys, mm. hey guys. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah.
1: Wait, so that's like the origin of that? Yeah. It's not about like guy, like that guy. It's like.
0: It was. It that's wasn't how guy used became guy? so like the gunpowder treason happened in 1605 yeah and then for centuries the word guy was not used in any way except to be like guy fox that horrid terrorist right and then all of a sudden almost out of nowhere in the united states we start using guy as a an increasingly genderless second person plural pronoun that is, like, so you can, if you have a bunch of, like, people, male yeah. and female and whatever in a group, you can refer to them as you guys. All
1: right. Calm down, guys. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Or I can say, I'm sitting here with a guy, and everyone would know that I meant a male. And uh, it all stems from the name Guy and is connected to Guy Fox.
1: That's super weird. Isn't it? Yeah.
0: So, yeah. I have to um, give credit to one of our librarians who picked this for his staff picks. And when I posted it on the website, I was like, yep, I'm right on. (laughs) And then finally, a book that is a reread for me, Intensity by Dean Koontz, which is a thriller. And I read it in a single day when it first was released and I was in college and I just had a wild hair to read it again.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. Yep. You've left me with some good choices here. Let's start with Ghosts of Sherwood. Okay. Colorado author Carrie Vaughn. Yeah. I'm interested in that. I also, I like the idea of, I always wanted to write a story that was like about sort of a Katniss Everdeen type character after she saved the whole world. Yeah. But then it's like 15 years later and everybody's kind of like, eh, what have you done for us lately? Yeah. (laughs) Because
0: I think that's what would happen. (laughs) Well, that's not what happened to Robin Hood. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> um, mostly probably because, you know, he was in such conflict with Prince John. Yeah. And then when uh, Richard the Lionheart was killed in battle with no heir, he he decreed that John should be his successor. And everyone felt pretty betrayed by that. They were like, well, you couldn't take two years off of your crusades to to get an heir. You know, you had to just constantly fight your wars and die, and now we're stuck with this guy that we hated. So,
1: (laughs) Not good organizational planning. Right.
0: Although, I don't know, when you look back in history, there's some speculation that maybe he was gay and that was part of it.
1: Who knows? That would make sense.
0: Yeah. It's impossible to know now, but. So it's, you know, a bunch of years, like, I don't know, 15, 16 years after the events of um, the Sherwood Forest stuff, the Robin Hood stuff. And Robin Hood and Maid Marian are married and have been, and they're still very much in love in a society where married people aren't in love. So they mm-hmm. feel very, <laughs> like, uh, they go to this meeting, they have to swear fealty to King John, and everyone's kind of watching them because they're very much partners, uh-huh. and that's kind of unusual for in a marriage. Hmm. But they go and they get um, they get King John to agree that the barons, like the landholders, will keep the rights to their land, which is kind of what they wanted the whole time. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, so they... And uh, in return, like Robin Hood is kind of like... He bends the knee a little bit. You okay. Know? He's playing politics. Sure. And they go back to, you know, to... Sherwood Forest back to their land um, where their three kids have been looking after the property. And they have a a daughter, an oldest daughter. She's, I think, 15 or 16. And um, they're talking to her about like the possibility of maybe marriage being in her future. And she's kind of upset by the idea, so she runs into the forest. She's Robin Hood's daughter. So, you know, she feels very at home in the forest and her brothers and or her brother and her sister come with her and they get kind of kidnapped by this rogue group of of guys who are supporters of King John and they kind of want to reign in Robin Hood by having his kids but uh, okay they are Robin Hood's children and very um, resourceful and they have lots of skills and so they they conjure up the idea of the ghosts of Sherwood to kind of freak out their captors and, and work on their escape. And literal it's you know, short and fun. And if you like the legend of Robin Hood, it's a really satisfying addition to that. And okay. I, I liked it. Nice. Yeah.
1: Is it literal ghosts they conjure?
0: Um, No, okay. but the people screaming in terror would have assumed that they were.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha.
0: But, like, they, Little John, I guess, has been living in the forest for the the whole time. And uh, he's so at home in the forest that people only occasionally catch glimpses of him. Yeah. So he's known as the Ghost of Sherwood.
1: Gotcha. I, I don't know if it's occurred to me until just now that I don't think I ever really knew what Robin Hood was trying to achieve. Mm. Because my only exposure to Robin Hood was the Disney movie. Which, right. you know, I'm sure i'm sure they had some explanation but it was probably fairly light on the like
0: i mean it was they basically were <laughs> correct in saying like king john was taking king richard's absence or prince john was taking king richard's absence as an opportunity to basically steal everyone's stuff
1: yeah <laughs> and then i must have seen robin hood prince of thieves yeah. with kevin costner like a thousand times yeah. for some reason Who didn't
0: i know yeah it was I...
1: the movie That was a big movie that I feel like has completely faded, for no real reason. I Um, mean, maybe it stinks. I haven't seen it.
0: I haven't seen it in a a while. I think I think Kevin Costner's performance in it doesn't necessarily hold up. Although, I think Alan Rickman as the sheriff of Nottingham was
1: pretty good. I remember he was fun. Uh, What's his name? Morgan Freeman. Yeah, he he was in it, right? And then. The one I thought was funniest because Christian Slater was in it. Yeah. and it Will Scarlett. Yeah. And he kind of just seemed like, well, he was Christian Slater. Yeah. I
0: mean, <laughs> if you had a blockbuster, you needed Christian Slater.
1: Yeah. Which... Uh, there was
0: a time there where he was the one. <laughs> yeah.
1: It just, I just remember thinking he seemed like, you know, sort of, I was like, I guess in the Sherwood Forest days, they had like, sullen young people you know an emo young guy who (laughs) absolutely also i remember robin hood shot an arrow through his hand and i was like that must be a pretty serious injury at that time like i don't know Well,
0: yeah there's a lot of like tendons and
1: yeah yeah given the choice arrow shot through the hand or not i'll take not yeah wasn't there also some kind of like monster man in the castle like an evil weird guy Mm -hmm.
0: I don't remember that. There was the the sheriff's like
1: like a wizard or man. something. And he had like I uh, think, are different you, are colored you eyes.
0: this with like oh no wait there was there might have been a wizard. Yeah. I'm th- I'm I'm remembering men in tights. <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: I could was, be remembering men in tights. <laughs> yeah,
0: and there was the latrine. Yeah. The the witch latrine.
1: So maybe I could... I don't know.
0: Who knows? I haven't seen it in decades, literal decades.
1: I'd have to watch... It would be funny to watch that and to watch Men in Tights again.
0: Yeah. I think I'd enjoy Men in Tights more, to be honest.
1: I'd probably enjoy that more and Robin Hood less. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe I shouldn't watch it. Maybe the memories (laughs) should just be what they are. Well, that sounds pretty good. It was really
0: fun. And it's... uh, Like I said, it's like 102 pages or something. And I think actually... The first chapter starts on page eleven, oh. so it's it's really it's quite short. And yeah. there's a great scene, the scene that everyone wants. Like if you're going to read a Robin Hood story, you want the impossible shot.
1: Of course. Yeah,
0: and that's in there. So.
1: I do like the impossible shot.
0: Yeah, it's good stuff.
1: Pretty amazing. Yeah. All right, so that's called "Ghosts of Sherwood" by Carrie Vaughn. By Carrie Vaughn. All right. I'm ready. I've got selections for you. Excellent. Uh my first choice is a book called Curse Words by Charles Sewell or Soulet. It's spelled like soul with an E on the end. Okay. Uh it's about a wizard from another dimension who comes to our dimension. Okay. And originally he's gonna destroy it and then he changes his mind.
0: As as is his prerogative.
1: But he's also still kind of a jerk. Okay. <laughs> Uh, the next one is called Joe Bob Goes to the Drive In. Okay. That is by Joe Bob Briggs.
0: All right, I it's wondered.
1: A collection of movie reviews he did long, long ago of uh, sort of what they would call drive in trash movies. Right. And he's a big champion of those, and I've been reading that and enjoying it quite a bit. Yeah. Then I've got a book called Jedi Summer. <laughs> I just saw an eyebrow raise. <laughs> it's actually uh, less nerdy than I thought it was going to be. Okay. Because it, it mostly centers around a boy and his brother. Um, they're living in semi-rural, I think, Pennsylvania. Okay. Um, and it's the summer when Return of the Jedi is coming out. So they're waiting for it. But then it's just a bunch of other kind of slice of life stuff that happens in between. Okay. It reminds me of maybe the quieter parts of a Stephen King book. Okay. The last thing I brought is sort of a book. Sort of not. I brought a wiki reader. This is a gizmo made by the wonderful people at Pan Digital, who, if you remember probably 10 years ago, made every librarian's life a living hell. Yeah. Because they put out an e-reader that was horrible.
0: We were talking about this literally yesterday. Were you? Yeah, we were uh, reminiscing with one of our newer librarians about how easy she had it because she didn't have to deal with all of these terrible e-readers back in the Wild (laughs) West days when nothing was standardized.
1: They really were bad. I think the Pan Digital was the second worst. The worst... Was the Sharper Image Literati. Mm. That thing was, for people who don't know, it was like when the e reader craze was kind of first starting. Everybody was getting in on the game, but like the interfacing and the way they cooperated with different formats. The hardware
0: sometimes. The
1: hardware didn't really work. A lot of things were bad. Yeah. Pan Digital was pretty bad. Yeah. Pan Digital at some point put out this gizmo, which is. All of Wikipedia in this little... It, it's like a little bit bigger than a kitchen timer is kind of what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. And you can just read... You can look up anything on Wikipedia, but I like it because it's got a random button. <laughs> oh. So the book that I've brought is sort of Wikipedia. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, but I brought this device... And I can talk about it, and I can also talk about some of the gems all right. that I found.
0: Hmm, okay. Yeah, this is, <laughs> this, is a good, uh, this is a good set from you. Thank you. I'm not sure what I actually, I kind of want to hear about all of them, so this is rough. Um, but I'm really curious about Joe Bob Goes to the Drive-In.
1: Great. So Joe Bob, Joe Bob Briggs, as a young man, started getting a job as a, a movie critic in Texas. hmm And he was sort of like the anti-Roger Ebert because he was not – he was, like, purposely not classy and would go to the drive-in and watch uh, movies like Basket Case, you know, and he would write these glowing reviews about movies like Basket Case. Yeah. Or he would do –
0: Phantasm.
1: Phantasm, yeah. And, like – the deeper in the Phantasm series it got, the more excited he was, you know. <laughs> the more, you know, the Puppet Master series. Stuff like a lot of Charles Band Full Moon video type stuff. Yeah. So it's pretty delightful because in the columns he kind of has these ongoing stories about, like, people he's trying to date. Or, like, trying to get his car repaired so that he can go to the drive-in and do his job. And, uh, you know, an ongoing feud with his editor that I'm pretty sure is entirely made up. And his editor was probably reading this like, ah, oh, jeez, like, now i got to print this. <laughs> but what I like about it is, like, it has a very summer feel for me, yeah. which is like... Because going to the drive-in makes me think of summer, like, outside, nighttime. It's also, like... I totally lost my train of thought. It's a pleasant view of summer, which I don't always enjoy. Yeah. It's also a pretty uh, fun way to, like, look at some older, trashier movies. And he's really good at picking out the gems. Yeah. But then also, you know, he's like, some of them, I know I'm talking about it and it sounds good. It's not. Like, it's not worth watching. Yeah. You know, and then he'll usually put in something at the end where he does, like, a tally. Yeah. And so it'll be like, you know, you know, limbs cut off with a circular saw, four, you know, <laughs> and, like, <laughs> and you're just like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Times that a guy kicked all the way through another guy, two. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's kind of his, like, rating system, yeah. I would call it. You might also know Joe Bob Briggs because he did Monster Vision on TNT back in the day, mm-hmm. which was sort of hilarious because they would show like a lot of Friday the 13th movies and stuff, but they were heavily edited, right? heavily censored, sometimes to the point where it didn't make sense because they couldn't show what was happening. So you would go to commercial and come back, and a character had apparently been dispatched during the commercial break (laughs) entirely (laughs) off screen (laughs) so when you first saw him on monster vision and then actually saw the movies later you're like oh that makes a lot more sense i always wondered what happened to that guy i kind of thought he was gonna rush in at the end and save everybody but he was dead a long time ago
0: (laughs) he was in a ditch headless
1: yeah and then now he he does a show on shutter which is like kind of what he was doing before on tnt except now they can actually show the movies
0: this is how i know him
1: yeah yeah and so uh he's a very entertaining person i think he's also like one of the early movie critics who is sort of like fun but at times is also insightful yeah i think my favorite of his sort of famous quotes is sometimes he'll watch a movie and say like you know this movie just had too much plot getting in the way of the story, <laughs> and that was his way of talking about a movie that was more complicated than it needed to be. <laughs> yeah they're fun, they're like short little columns, so you can read one in like five minutes or something right. like that, and for probably nine out of the ten movies he reviews, it's more fun to read his column than watch the movie yeah
0: so you we've, can kinda... we've talked about these kinds of things before, yeah. The things that are fun to talk about, and they sound amazing, yeah, and then you get into it, and you're like, "Oh, this is just a slog,
1: yeah, so it's great because you can kind of like get the idea of some of these cult movies yeah. and just some of the wackiness that was going on in the in the drive in at that time, yeah but the, <laughs> but you know it's more entertaining, yeah, and uh it's just it's fun to read, it's very enjoyable, yeah, so I highly recommend it cool. He's got a few different books, too, that are collections of kind of the, his,
0: his newspaper writings. columns
1: and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So any of them will do. All right. But Joe Bob Goes to the Drive-In is the one I'm recommending today.
0: All right. Excellent.
1: Boom. Okay. So I have Faithful by Alice Hoffman. Yes. Life of Guy by mm-hmm. Alan Metcalf. Mm-hmm. And Intensity by Dean Koontz. Correct. I kinda wanna hear about Life of Guy, but I think I'm gonna go with intensity. Okay. Because I'm like fast-paced summer read. That yeah. seems like that seems like where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah. So this is a book that I don't read a whole lot of um like your James Patterson's, your Dean Koontz's, um, your Nora Roberts, because like I, I work in reading as a librarian. And these are the authors that nobody needs me to find, right, right? Right, Everyone already knows about Stephen King. They don't need me to tell them about Stephen King. Right. So a lot. I don't read a lot of these kinds of authors in my day-to-day. But when I was in college, um, I remember it very vividly. Me and my friends were going to Estes Park for the 4th of July, and we had to go early because if you wanted to, you know, claim your spot for the fireworks by the lake... Yep. You had to get there early enough to, you know, that there was still space available. Right. So we were there, we parked up, we had our like little blankets and our cooler with our snacks and everything. And we were hanging out and I brought Intensity by Dean Koontz, which is like 400 pages. Like it's not a short book. No. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I read the entire thing before the, um, before the fireworks started. <laughs> like I was just in it. <laughs> it was so exciting. <laughs> And so we're coming. Someone up.
1: turn off these fireworks! I'm trying to read a book here. <laughs> I'm
0: reading a book. Can't the real see? fireworks
1: are on the page.
0: <laughs> so we're coming up on the Fourth of July, which is um, my least favorite holiday, just because it's in like the hottest month, mm. and it involves like people barbecuing. I don't eat meat, so oh, I don't yeah. really enjoy barbecues. Um, it's outside where the heat is, where the bugs are, where the sun is going to burn my skin. I burn very easily. Yeah. So it's just like, there's nothing for me (laughs) in the 4th of July.
1: There's always that neighbor too, who decides 4th of July fireworks start like June 28th. Yes. And then end on July 9th. Yes. (laughs) And I'm like... (laughs) Everybody, everyone's pets. Yeah, and I'm like, I get it, and you know, I don't want to ruin everyone's good time, but I'm like, can we confine it to Fourth of July and the closest weekend? Yeah, and call it a day. Yeah, that seems fair, right?
0: (laughs) So yeah, for those reasons, like I'm not, you know, anti-patriotic or anything. It's just I don't enjoy the Fourth. uh, There's nothing going on on the Fourth of July that I particularly enjoy.
1: If you had to design a holiday. And it was like, I'm designing a holiday that Megan will have no interest in. Right. Fourth of July. I have a hard time beating that.
0: Yeah. I'm not into parades. <laughs> I'm not into summer. <laughs> Fireworks were fun when I was young, but I don't really care anymore.
1: Not a meat eater. No. Like just nothing. Don't
0: like the heat. Don't like the sun. Really
1: nothing. nothing. There's nothing in it for you. Yeah. That's
0: fair. <laughs> So since we're coming up on on the 4th of July, I was thinking about how much fun I had on this particular 4th of July, just sitting and reading this book like a nerd.
1: (laughs) That's also like the least 4th of July. Like, I read this really good book on the 4th of July.
0: So I decided I wanted to reread it because I remember it, but I don't remember it so vividly that it's going to be like boring to reread. I know that there are going to be surprises still. So I, I haven't finished it yet. I've started it. And uh, the general idea is, so you have this like psycho killer, of course, because it's Dean Koontz, mm-hmm. and he has an obsession with this one particular girl, and he's kind of stalking her her house on this one night, and this girl and her college, I think, college roommate, are driving home, and they're going to stay overnight with her family, and which is terrible timing because he attacks the household and basically kills everyone including this, this girl that he's obsessed with. And her roommate, he doesn't expect to be there. So she, I think, is hiding like under a bed or something. And um, she manages to escape and not get murdered. But she, So she's running out of the house and ends up crawling into his camper.
1: Oh, no. And
0: then he gets into the camper and starts driving off. Does't know that she's in there. So she's <laughs>
1: that's unfortunate.
0: I know it's terrible, it's been... <laughs> So you know, the book is called Intensity, And it really is like from the beginning, super intense. Like, you have this poor girl who's having like the worst night of her of her life, the worst <laughs> night you could imagine. And um so she's hiding in the camper, trying to look for opportunities to escape, trying to avoid, being seen by this psycho killer and she ends up back where he lives and kind of gets a glimpse into what he's got going on and is she's kind of compelled to get involved a little bit and to try and maybe stop him Mm. by the end so it's just pure page turner nice pure page turner short chapters and things are all constantly happening yeah And you're just watching this girl try to survive for like 400 pages. And it's great.
1: That sounds pretty good. Yeah. If
0: you want just like a summer page turner of a read, you can't beat it.
1: It sounds a little bit like the feeling I get from a Breaking Bad episode where it's like something happens and then something happens that makes it even worse. Yeah. And you're like, oh, you've got to be kidding me. Like, how did that just happen?
0: Well, and I think that's why I really like this book is that for any other author, the story would have been this psycho killer, like stalking the house, being creepy, breaking in and murdering a whole family. Right. Like that would have been the book. Right. But that's just the opening. Right. Like (laughs) the story is is entirely different and (laughs) completely unexpected. And that's what makes it kind of fun.
1: I like it. Yeah,
0: anyone who's read Dean Koontz will know exactly, and you know a lot of people who are listening probably have read him because he's Dean Koontz.
1: <laughs> I've never done a Dean Koontz. You never have? No, I mean to be fair, I didn't read any Stephen King till I was like twenty-seven uh, or yeah, twenty-eight. Yeah, we talked about this. So, you know, I guess Dean Koontz came after Stephen King for a lot of people, probably. Yeah.
0: I think I think chronologically too.
1: It's kind of unfortunate for Dean Koontz too, because you're like. I think if Stephen King didn't exist, Dean Koontz would be yeah. even more famous, probably. Yeah, he's
0: kind of second in, in line for that kind of readership, I think. Yeah. It's like people think Stephen King, and then if you're like, who else? They're like, hmm, Dean Koontz.
1: Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, maybe he would be even more, like, yeah. top tier.
0: I mean, what I've read of of his stuff, which, granted, isn't a ton, but I've read some, I've quite enjoyed. He He's... He understands how to craft a plot that makes you keep reading. Yeah. And for a summer read, that's kind of what I want.
1: That's what you're looking for, right? Yeah. Well, I think if you're like talking about a book that you're reading in like a not ideal reading situation, yeah. like you're outside on the blanket, there's probably a bunch of stuff going on, yeah, it's you know. Hot. I'm yeah.
0: miserable. I'm I'm in a bad mood.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you're like, if you could be completely absorbed by the book yeah. in that scenario It must be pretty good.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember that 4th of July fondly. So that tells you everything you need to know, I think.
1: That's a good one. Um,
0: We don't have it in our regular collection. I had to get it through Prospector, but it is available through Prospector. So, and I'd say worth getting. All right. It's a fun one.
1: Boom. If you're looking to dip
0: your toes into the Dean Koontz pool, you could do worse than intensity. That's the place to go. I really like it.
1: I've always wanted to try one. Maybe I'll try that one. Yeah. Maybe that's the way to go. It's pretty good. All right. (laughs) I like it.
0: Okay, so (laughs) I don't think I can not pick WikiReader. Okay,
1: that's fair. (laughs) So I brought the device, so I I got this device online. But, you know, anyone has access to Wikipedia. Right. And there is a page you can look up that will just give you a random Wikipedia page. So the reason this started is like, I'm not the most communicative person with my family. I just don't, I'm not like a big phone talker or texter or whatever. Yeah. So in an effort to be a little more communicative, I just started texting my brother and his wife the occasional odd Wikipedia article. (laughs) Because it gives us something to talk about, you know, Uh but also it's just goes with my interests. (laughs)
0: So yeah can um, confirm.
1: So then I saw this gizmo and I was like, you know what? This feels right to me. Like it just, I, I'm interested in like going through, <laughs> you know, Wikipedia article by article and just seeing what's out there. Now, unfortunately, so in this, you can search, you can look at your history and then you can also just hit random. Yeah, And so, I've probably hit random like 500 times at this point and found like three things that were even remotely interesting. Because, you know, you'll hit the random and you'll get like.
0: Hit random. What do we
1: got? Prefectures in France.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs>
1: and it's just a list of prefectures in France. And you're like, eh, who cares? Uh, okay. Chicago tornadoes. Okay. And I'm like, oh, I'm interested. And then it's like, the Chicago Tornadoes were a cricket team that played oh. for the United. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, nope, never I'm mind. out. <laughs> so it was like, awesome tornadoes. That Although hit.
0: you never know. Maybe there's some interesting factoid in there that you'll you you know you'll miss if you don't read it.
1: It's possible. Um, there's a bunch of, you know, okay, terab- Bania, It's a village in Barguna District in the Barisal Division of Southern Central Bangladesh. That's the entire article. <laughs> so, well, okay. But I did find a couple gems. Okay. One was... Can you
0: bookmark them and revisit them on this I can thing? look at
1: my history, maybe. Oh, it's way too long.
0: I was going to say, if you if hit 500 boring articles...
1: Yeah. But I remember a couple. One okay. was... I think it's called the Michigan Pizza Funeral. Okay. So back in the day, there was this guy... He was uh, an immigrant, I think, from Ukraine, and he came to the United States, and he decided to start a frozen pizza company out of his house, and he was just making frozen pizzas and selling them, and it was going pretty well, but then a factory he was getting mushrooms from from had a botulism outbreak. Uh Uh-oh. So uh, they did uh, the, I don't know... The mayor of the city he was in got involved and demanded that he not sell any of the pizzas that use these mushrooms, even though he was like, the cans I had were fine, you know, and I know what I'm doing and whatever. But the the mayor insisted, so the guy uh, put all the pizzas in a dump truck and dug a giant grave for them and buried them in the grave as like this big dramatic (laughs) way of (laughs) saying that like this is not fair. And apparently the mayor did attend the pizza funeral. And also the guy served pizza at the pizza funeral. Presumably new pizzas that didn't have these canned mushrooms on them.
0: When, when was this in time? Like
1: I think this was like early to mid-1900s okay. probably. When this sort of thing would be like a little bit more right normal, <laughs> normal. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I use that word very lightly. Yeah, yeah. There was one that I found, it was called something like Ohio Syndrome, and it was described as like the feeling of someone traveling to Ohio, and they're disappointed because it's exactly as they expected.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And that's a real thing. Yeah, that's a thing. Okay, I like it. I've Um, never been to Ohio, and now I kind of want to go.
1: Me too, because I'm like, well, if there's a syndrome... That's something. I have, let me see, I can find a couple more. I know how I can find these.
0: Checking your text messages?
1: Yep. See what the ones I sent. Okay, there's one I found called semantic satiation. And that's where basically you repeat a word in your head so many times that it loses all meaning.
0: It be, a word becomes a sound?
1: Exactly. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that has a meaning. I found bean feast, <laughs> which if you remember from the Willy Wonka song... Uh, Veruca Salt is saying she wants a bean feast and then she's like I want a bean feast and then her dad is like oh what are those and I remember hearing about this when I was a kid from that song and I was like what is a bean feast? <laughs> like, I don't
0: think I ever took notice of this line
1: I, for some reason it stuck out to me because I was like what does that mean?
0: yeah what does it mean?
1: well apparently it, it can be a feast that features a goose for some reason A
0: bean feast featuring a goose. Yeah. Okay. Like a goose is being eaten.
1: Yes. Okay. Why it's called the bean feast, I do not know. All
0: right. All right.
1: There's also a version where, have you ever heard of a king cake? Where it's like you bake a cake with like a little king figurine in it. Yes, for
0: like um, Mardi Gras and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Um, They do that, but with a bean So you bake a bean into a cake and someone gets the piece of cake with a bean and they get something. A broken tooth. They're like the Bean Feast King or something. (laughs) (laughs) I learned about junk faxing. So like junk mail, but through the fax machine. Which apparently, uh, there's a $500 per page fine for junk faxing. Which, I would hate to get a junk fax, but was like... That seems a little steep to me. Oh, it was the Great Michigan Pizza Funeral. <laughs> the last one is I, I cannot pronounce this, so I'm going to do my best. It's do your like best. A, a Dutch thing. Fetters Strict Diploma. It's a diploma they give out for kids who learn to tie their shoes, because that's like their first step in. Becoming an adult or uh-huh. whatever
0: independence.
1: Yeah, but it has since sort of been uh, co-opted as a term for like when someone gets a degree that someone else thinks is nonsense. Right. So they call it. It's it translates to shoe tying diploma. <laughs> so it's like so they gave you a shoe tying diploma,
0: huh? Yeah. <laughs> so. So all those people with their liberal liberal arts degree.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Inter, like, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When you hear <laughs> someone complaining about like oh, these kids today go to college to learn about the history of dance, you yeah. know, and it's like your shoe tag diploma or whatever. Yeah. So I was very entertained by huh. that as well. We
0: should see if we can figure out how to pronounce it because that seems like a useful term.
1: I, I could say how it's spelled. Let me see here. Have to scroll way up now. There is even a picture of one, and it's just a picture of a tied shoe. <laughs> V e t e r s t r i k diploma. All right. So fetterstrick, vetterstrick diploma, something. Okay. So these are some of the things that I Let's learned. Let's see if about. we
0: can bring this into the into the lingo.
1: Yeah, I've come to decide that my favorite Wikipedia articles are stories about people that are doing very petty things, <laughs> like the pizza funeral or uh like a holdout house you oh know, or, or spite house yeah, yeah spite house that if you've never read about spite houses look that article up it's yeah. pretty great they're, um, and they're weird looking yeah it's a it's a really bizarre <laughs> thing and it's kind of wonderful yeah so i don't i don't know why it just seems like spite really
0: it speaks to you on a personal level
1: maybe <laughs> It just brings out the creativity. And, and certain people, I think, don't have that creative side. But spite really brings it out of them. <laughs> <laughs> and they react in ways that I would not have expected. Yeah. So anyway, I guess in a weird way, the book that I'm recommending is Wikipedia. Um,
0: who among us has not gone down a Wikipedia rabbit hole and come out hours later?
1: It's true. There is also a feature on Wikipedia that most people don't know about. Well, one is you can down, anyone can download all of Wikipedia, um, and you could put it on a device, which this device also spoke to me because when I was a kid, I was obsessed with the idea of making an actual Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> and I was like, you know, this is actually kind of close to yeah. that idea. But the other feature on Wikipedia a lot of people don't know about is you can – there's a – If you sign into Wikipedia, on the left-hand menu, there's an add to book option. So you can take a bunch of articles, put them together in a print book, and Mm -hmm. they'll print it and send it to you. They're actually pretty reasonably priced. Yeah. So one year I did that for Christmas for a bunch of friends and family and just found all the weirdest articles I could find.
0: You told me about this, and I did the same thing for my brother for Christmas one year. And he was so taken by the idea that I he told me he was going to do it for his friends for Christmas.
1: It's delightful. Yeah. It's so fun. And, and you it's... can really
0: tailor it to, for the person, oh, yeah. like the kinds of articles you're including in there.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. It's, it's a pretty cool idea. wonderful. So I, I highly recommend that. So I guess the book I'm recommending is sort of Wikipedia. Yeah. But you know, uh, surfing Wikipedia in a new way. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, this is the wiki reader. And it, it just
0: is it so it's searchable? So if like you yep. wanted to read about yeah. Tyrannosaurus Rex, you could search for that.
1: Yep. You can type it in. It's got a okay.
0: technically touch screen. Well, I mean I remember the, the e-readers, so
1: Yeah, I mean, okay, so it is a pan digital product. Yeah. And we can't escape that fact. <laughs> so the touch screen's not wonderful. It's also you scroll. And the scrolling is not very fluid, ah. <laughs> you know, it also, I'm pretty sure if you look at this and I don't know if this is intentional, but you've got the screen and that's square and you've got the bezel, but then it's got like a, a case, like a white case. I don't think it's even, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's slanted. And I, I don't know if that's an intentional design. Do you see what I'm saying? Like up at the top, the white border and then the black border are different sizes oh. on the left and right sides.
0: Yes. It's, to the, it's shifted to the right. <laughs> yeah, and I
1: get mildly disoriented when I wow. use it. <laughs> I think it's possible that that's on purpose, but I don't know why.
0: Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. And it really doesn't appeal to my sense of symmetry.
1: No. Well, and it just, it seems weird to me because I'm like, wouldn't it be harder to make an asymmetrical device like yeah. this than a symmetrical device? So the device itself also holds many mysteries of yeah. what were they thinking?
0: All right. So tell us, give us a skinny. What'd you pay?
1: I paid $40. Okay. Which is cheaper than it was originally. You can't always find them that cheap. But usually someone's trying to sell it on eBay or similar f- and, you know, doesn't really know what yeah. they have. Which, I, <laughs> to be fair, like, they don't know what they have. And I'm like, this is an amazing thing. But... Yeah, I mean, they have them. Yeah. So I don't think they make them new anymore. And, you know, they bought it at Goodwill for $5. Oh. So they so made a, a tidy profit. So yeah, you could find them. Goodwill.com is a good way. It also I don't know why, but you have a, a kid safe option. You can put in a parental control with a password. Okay. So that if your kids are searching it and they search something bad. I don't I don't know how that's flagged exactly. Yeah. I don't know if it works at all. It may not work at yeah. all. I
0: wonder what their standards are.
1: I don't know. I'm just hopeful that because when it first when I first fired it up, it asked me for a password, and I had to put in a password to set a password for inappropriate articles. Right. I have no memory of what I said as the password. I think it might have just been the number one. Cause I was like, I think a pan digital device is gonna let me just put in a single <laughs> digit as a password, and I was correct. <laughs> but so I'm hopeful it it whatever, but I also kind of think that if I just took the battery out, it probably yeah won't remember yeah <laughs> and I could just set a new password, which will be number one again.
0: Yeah, I I mean I wouldn't take any bets on that. I think you're probably right.
1: Yeah. So that's the wiki reader.
0: That's a very you thing.
1: I it just was so weird. Yeah. I just it felt like such a. There was probably a brief period where someone would be like, you know, my uncle would love this. This is perfect for him. He doesn't want to get involved with the internet, but he would be curious. Yeah. And uh, now that that age has passed, Peter is in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) With his ancient iPhone.
1: Yeah. Mine's not ancient anymore.
0: Oh, you had to replace it?
1: Well, I got a new one in 2020. Okay. Yeah, I had to replace it. I was rocking the iPhone four until 2020. Yep. So I think I was like when it, I saw someone was tweeting something the other day about like, can you believe people are still walking around with an iPhone six? And I was like, mm, yes,
0: that would be me.
1: <laughs> yeah, but at some point with the iPhone, it starts being like, oh, this doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Like this that won't update. And thing. Yeah. Yeah. All the apps are like, well it has to update to this version in order to work and we're not going to let you do it. Yeah. So you're just stuck. Yep. So that's what happened and so Well, I'm
0: I'm that person who hangs on until the last possible moment and I'm like, well, I guess I need a new phone.
1: That's what I did too. Yep. yep. And then I was like, well, I'm not really getting calls and texts reliably anymore and the government gave me a stimulus check, so I guess Time This is a sign. Phone. Yeah. <laughs> I really don't have a good excuse to not get a new phone at this point.
0: Well, rest in peace, old phone.
1: I still have it. I'm still convinced that I'll figure out something worthwhile to do with it, but that seems less likely by the day.
0: It seems like wishful thinking to
1: me. I (laughs) know. I know. Maybe I can put all of Wikipedia on it and browse (laughs) it. Oh, boy. All right.
0: All right. So the books that – my four books for this week – um, First Was Faithful by Alice Hoffman. Um, this is a relatively slight book. I think it's under 300 pages, and it's about this teenage girl who loses her friend in a terrible accident and how she deals with the survivor's guilt and the depression and the trauma of everything. And it's um it ends up being a fairly hopeful story, but also like she goes through it. <laughs> she goes through a lot um after she has like a like a mental breakdown after the accident and ends up in a mental hospital where she's subject to some sexual abuse so content warning for that um there's some drug use and she gets she feels you know worthless she shaves all of her hair off as like a like an outward symbol of of how much she feels w- worthwhile and but then ends up like adopting dogs and ex- almost accidentally making friends and all of that. So Alice Hoffman, I think, is a really skilled writer. I think she's won some awards. If she hasn't, then she should have. She's very good. And it's, it's interesting that it's called Faithful because it's not, it's not religious really at all. And for most of the book, the main character doesn't really even have faith in herself or anyone else like she talks about how she doesn't believe in miracles she believes in tragedy mm. and you know bad Dark. things happen throughout <laughs> the entire book and yet somehow you come out the other end feeling like you know some sort of a hopefulness I don't know but I, I thought it was really uh it's an emotional book I cried which I hate <laughs> <laughs>
1: you There's got me, book
0: there's a character who ends up with terminal cancer, so heads up for that. That's a thing I'm sensitive to, so I always want to give people a heads up. There's no, there's no surprise cancer thing.
1: All the things happen. All happened. the things. Yeah.
0: All the things are in this book, but it didn't feel like she was, you know, being manipulative, emotionally manipulative in any way. It didn't feel like she was using these things to, like, make some sort of ham-handed point. Mm. Um I just thought, I thought it was really a nice, um, emotional, kind of thoughtful, thought-provoking read. I read it for, my, for the FAR Afternoon Book Club. It was our, our pick for June. <laughs> ah, so, okay. Uh, and we had a very good discussion about it as well. So it's a great pick for book clubs.
1: As I'm sure you always do at the FAR Afternoon Book Club.
0: Absolutely. Which... We meet on the third Thursday of every month at 1.30 in the FAR meeting room. Look at that, and natural. And we we'd welcome your attendance.
1: Natural plug for a library (laughs) event that slipped right in. (laughs)
0: Uh, All right, and my second book was The Ghosts of Sherwood, which is a novella about the Robin Hood legend that we talked about. Then we've got The Life of Guy by Alan Metcalf, which is my nerdy language book. (laughs) And um, it's a collection of language stuff and history stuff. It goes all the way back to the Tudors, so it kind of starts with Henry VIII, like, ditching the Catholic Church. And it, it talks about, like, it's, it starts there. These are, like, the events that had to happen in order for this unlikely change of a, of a first name into a second person plural pronoun.
1: Yeah, kind of like a butterfly effect exactly. of, like...
0: <laughs> All of the things that had thought? to be in place for this to happen. Huh. Um, and it includes, like, the American Revolution... And you know Henry the Eighth, and like the way I'm, the way that English kind of is formed. I've always been interested in. I took some linguistics classes, um, Anglo-Saxon English, and stuff in college, and so this hits all my weird little nerdy buttons. <laughs> <laughs> and so if you are like me, uh, have a bunch of little weird nerdy buttons about like history and language and. All of that stuff, like, this is a, a relatively small, short book that gets, does a deep dive into a very obscure topic.
1: <laughs> you know, there's got to be somebody out there who's, like, working on a book and is just like, this is so dorky. Like, is anybody going to care about this? The answer is yes. Yes, Probably me. <laughs> yeah. Send it to <laughs> Megan. <laughs> She'll be like, this is the most exciting release and yeah. in-
0: I read an entire book called Proust and the Squid that's about the reading brain and how it works. And it included, like, brain scans of brains reading and hmm. what areas of the brain light up. And the fact that, like, English speakers and those of us who read, like, like traditional, like, Western alphabets, different parts of our brains light up than, like, Chinese speakers who use pictograms. So those kind uh. of, like... Their 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 brain. You, you, they use different parts of their brain to read than we do. Oh, is that interesting?
1: Yes. Yeah. That's super weird. Yeah. How Bruce does... in the
0: squid? That's another. That's my bonus. <laughs> Your bonus, <laughs> bonus recommendation. recommendation.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, and then I had Intensity by Dean Koontz, which is it 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 is as it's labeled. It's an intense, fast-paced thriller
1: of a read. Awesome. Yep. Okay, I had the Wiki Reader slash Wikipedia. I think we've yep. all probably familiar with that. <laughs> um, I had Joe Bob goes to the drive-in. Yeah, series of excellent movie reviews. So if you're like a, if you like reading Roger Ebert or like Pauline Kael or if you're just kind of a movie nerd, yeah. it's pretty fun. Um, then I had curse words. By Charles Sewell, Soule, something. This is about a wizard named Wizard, spelled like wizard but with an O instead of an A, (laughs) Um, who ends up on Earth, our dimension, whatever you want to call it. All right. Here. And he's kind of just this grungy weirdo when he gets here and then starts to figure out he actually kind of likes it here. So instead of destroying our dimension, which is what he was supposed to do, he just sort of sets up shop and starts wizarding. Um, And he has, like, three rules. It's, like, no love spells, no wars, and no something else. And basically it's just, like, look, I'm not going to mess around with that stuff, but whatever else people want. So there's, like, a, a young guy who's like a rapper or something who's like i want to be made out of platinum and so wizard is like okay <laughs> fine makes him into platinum
0: is he still alive
1: he is still alive Actually,
0: so it's not one of those genie things where they're like fine you're made out of platinum but you're dead
1: well he's still alive and then it is a little bit like a genie thing because he's like i can't taste food anymore and mm. stuff and the wizard's like yeah, you're made out of platinum platinum can't taste food he then returns later on because he has impregnated his girlfriend and they're a little concerned about whether the baby's going to be like has a platinum. platinum baby or what. <laughs> and Wizard is just kind of like, I don't know, man, I've never made anybody platinum before. <laughs> um, he does some other goofy stuff. He has a sidekick named Margaret who changes form. Margaret starts as a koala and is then a... Uh maybe a bird of some kind. And is then a kawaka, if you know that's like a cute little Yeah, I don't know what you'd call it, groundhog bear thing.
0: They look very happy. Yeah. Everyone should look them up. They look consist they look like they're having the best time of their life. They have like a picture. goofy smile
1: twenty four seven. It's it's pretty fun. It's you know, it's weird because they go to this other dimension and it's kind of more medieval but they talk in very modern style, so it's kind of a funny juxtaposition. So anyway, the people who are still in the other dimension are kind of conspiring to take down the wizard and figure figure this whole situation out. What I like about it is you can get it on Hoopla, and you can get the whole thing in one checkout. So I like comic series that you can start and finish And it's like, you don't have to read a bunch of external or you don't have to figure out, like, what order does this go in? What am I doing? It's its own thing.
0: Yeah.
1: So just fun, kind of goofy fun. Uh, The last one I had was Jedi Summer by John Bowden. So this one was kind of interesting because there was this publisher called Silver Shamrock. Named after the Halloween 3 song.
0: The worst song ever.
1: Million days till Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. No, please uh, don't. <laughs> Megan and I have discussed it before because I am kind of a fan of Halloween 3. It's terrible. It's just so bizarre. As so, far as
0: I'm concerned, it does not exist in the
1: franchise. It really makes no sense yeah. as part of the like Michael Myers thing also because it's the only Halloween movie that's not like a Michael Myers movie. But... And also, it's kind of slow. Yeah. But for me, when you get to... uh, Spoiler alert for Halloween 3, if you've never seen it. (laughs) Basically, this guy uh, hates kids. So what he does is make Halloween masks that have chunks of Stonehenge in them, and it turns kids' heads into bugs. (laughs) (laughs) also he has robot men working for him and like
0: and you hear this horrible song like 900 times
1: yeah and it turns out the the song is like what activates the mask trigger yeah it turns the kids heads into bugs (sighs) but why he's doing this is never explained You know, what he has, it's not like he's, like, a child killed by father or something. (laughs) He just seems sort of mildly annoyed by children and has decided, like, I'm going to just turn them and their heads into bugs. And that seems like the best thing I could do. And he's like an old businessman. I'm like, how many kids do you encounter on a day-to-day basis? Like, just, can't you just sell them the masks and make money off them and laugh all the way to the bank? Yeah. Anyway... Uh, The publisher collapsed because I'm not totally sure why. They had some kind of internet kerfuffle where the publisher said or did something uh, not good. Not on the level of, like, you know, being a sex pest or something. Just, like, maybe, like, racially insensitive or something. I didn't really follow the story because I was like, "Uh, you know, I think I'm full up on terrible news today. and. Mm. Fair. I I really have no uh, input on this one, so whatever. But, so this book went out of print, and that was unfortunate because, you know, all the people who were published under this publisher really had no involvement in what was going on. So I got this book, and I was excited for it because I was like, oh, I'm glad I was able to get a copy despite it being out of print. So it's about these two brothers they're relatively poor they're growing up in like a trailer park in rural pennsylvania they're excited for uh return of the jedi to come out at the end of the summer it's kind of like a coming of age story it reminds me of like stand by me but like you know less dead uh, bodies. less dead bodies they're well about the same number of dead bodies oh okay But, like, less threatening, you know, where you're like, I think these, like, greasers are going to kill these kids. Like, this is pretty messed up. (laughs) But it has some of that vibe to it, and it's, it was just nice. I don't know what I expected. It was not, it's not as much a horror movie, or a horror novel as I expected. Mm -hmm. So I kind of kept waiting, like, when's the horror, the big horror thing going to happen? And it kind of does, and it kind of doesn't. Um, but it's like really good, just a little slice of life. And the way it's written is nice because it does sort of feel like it was written by like a 12 year old. Okay. Um, without being cutesy. Right. But without being that like precocious literary, like a 12 year old would never use that word kind of feel. So I highly recommend it and it might be hard to get a hold of. So if someone listening to this wants to borrow it from me. I will send it to you. Yeah, I guess just email me p d e r k at highplains.us I will send it to you if you're in the United States. I'm sorry, I'm not. It's I have nothing against Ireland, but I'm not going to pay like twenty five dollars to send you a book. It's Fair just enough. not going to happen. Fair enough. But I will, I'll foot the bill to send it to someone in the United <laughs> States. Or if you're a patron at the library, yeah. I could just put it on hold for you. I don't even have to send it to your house. So just send me an email. If you That's, want. Nice. If, That's very generous of you. Thank you. Yeah. I thought so too. <laughs> I think I'm pretty generous. Yeah. All right. So you started. Does that mean you also end it or do I end it? Or have oh, we I, never decided that?
0: I think we mostly just go, hey, good job us. <laughs>
1: and then just sort of coast to a stop.
0: <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think we have like a a, a defined ending. Mm. Proce- procedure
1: Why well, mess with success?
0: All right. <laughs> I feel Good like. good job us. 8 books. 8 we more did books it. in the can.
1: Once again, successed. We done it. We'll see you next time.
0: <laughs> Bye everybody.